0: Hey team, nice to have your company. Welcome along to the uh, programme this morning. It's Wednesday morning. God, there's some stories in the papers. Oh, there's some stories. I don't want to talk about bras from Marks and Spencer's. I mean, of course, people shouldn't have to pay extra. You don't have to pay extra, you know, if you're buying bigger pants, do you? Why would you buy extra for bras? And they say, oh, it's more of this and more. What a load of old rubbish. What a load of old rubbish. Go buy your bras somewhere else. Truth of the matter is, though, most women do buy their bras from Marks & Spencers, because they've got the biggest range and because they're at the right prices. In fact, to be honest with you, I don't know why... I don't know where men buy pants anymore. I thought, you only buy them in Marks. I didn't know they sold them anywhere else. So, oh, next as well. Mm. But, I mean, it just seems like you sort of go there for your stuff. But if, if you're a small in the pant department, like Peter Andre, and, uh, and then you're sort of an extra... Lu- you don't pay any extra because you're extra... Lu- they're all the same price. It's like socks, you know, you don't pay extra if you're a size 12 as opposed to a size 6, you just pay the standard price. So I don't know why people are sort of worrying about it and why Marks and Spencers are actually putting the uh, the prices up. Seems ludicrous, doesn't it? Absolutely ludicrous. Do you know, there's an advert which appears to... It must be a joke. I, 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 I can't actually see it. This is for police officers listening at the moment. This is an advert which uh, they say here was set up by members of the Metropolitan Police's Safer Neighbourhoods team in Wanstead and Snarebrook. And they put these posters up. And what it says is, it's got Safer Neighbourhoods, Snaresbrook and Wanstead, Safe Neighbourhood team, withdrawing cash, question mark, would you like a police escort? Exactly. And there's a picture of some police officers. If you're withdrawing money from a cash machine, bank or post office... Please contact a member of your local team to escort you on foot to your home. I mean, I had to check the date of the paper that it's not the first. Appointments can be made and are a preference, and there's a phone number, and this is Metropolitan Police. Escorts from the police can only be made from the bank, and then you will be escorted straight home on foot. Unfortunately, the police cannot do your shopping with you. Escorts will be made from a safe distance to not draw attention. And I thought... That it has to be a joke, doesn't it? I mean, it can't be... Si- In other words, if you're around Wanstead and Snaresbrook and you want to go to the cash point, you just phone up the police on this number that's given here and they would say, all right, we'll-, we'll send somebody round. And a policeman will stand at a discreet distance while you pick up £10 from a cash point and walk home with it. And and you think, it can't be genuine, can it? <laughs> I mean, sh- well, I'm assuming it can't be genuine. Because I mean, stranger things happen nowadays because there is a... Uh, a police officer here, a police constable, Tony Cobben, who was given a bike the other day by Halfords. In fact, Halfords have given the police a number of bikes. And so what the the, the, um, the journalist said is, listen, uh, can we have you sitting on the bike, PC Cobb? And he said, no. And they went, why? And he said, because I haven't passed my cycling proficiency test and it's health and safety, <laughs> so I can't get on the bike for you. And they went, no, he couldn't sit on it. And they went, you're having a laugh, aren't you? And he went, uh, no. Although, dis- despite getting the backing, backing of senior officers, his decision was met with ridicule. They went to Preston explaining, he said, it was a health and safety thing. I was just being cautious and I haven't passed the cycling proficiency test. I don't know whether or not the further up north you get, the dimmer you become. Because I would have thought that... I mean, I haven't passed a cycling proficiency test. Don't tell anybody, for God's sake. But I can actually get my leg over a bicycle. It's not difficult. And I'm not a police officer. Whether or not PC Cobbin's trousers are a little bit too tight and he can't get it, I don't know. But I would have thought that it would have been quite quite easy to actually get your leg over a bicycle and just pose that way. You don't actually have to sit on it and pedal it, PC Cobbin. However... I was in mother care the other day, don't ask. And uh, Nathan and I were sort of having a look at the... They've got dressing-up clothes. And, uh, and we were looking... At, and they've got a policeman with... A policeman's dressing-up uniform. Not the old-fashioned type with the helmet. This one is obviously the anti-terrorist squad because he's got the fluorescent jacket. Had the whole... I looked at Nathan. I said, "Good. what do you think that is? He said, I think that's one of those sort of special police officers. It's not, you know, it's not the, the general one. It could be one that you'd have seen at the G20 summit... A little outfit there, which has got all the stuff that goes round. I mean, a really cute. Really cute. I'm still worried about this poor piece here. Can't get his leg over, but there you go. And, and the police escorts, if you want to take some money out. It's worth trying the system, isn't it? You know, you can imagine, there you are taking... And there's a robbery going on. You go, you can't leave me. I booked you. I booked you. Actually, talking of booking people. So lovely to see in the paper today, the fashion Oscars. By God, they all got it so wrong, didn't they? You'll see the pictures... Later on today, you'll see Victoria Beckham looking like a table napkin. I mean, that's exactly what she looks like. It was but She apparently was was very ill, but, of course, you know Vic Beckham. She'll turn up to the opening of an envelope, which... uh, I don't feel at all well, but I'm going out there because it's a photo opportunity. I've not been in the paper. And also, I'm a fashion icon, not wearing this crummy outfit, I'm afraid, by her friend Mark Jacobs. I mean, she does look like a napkin. Even one of uh, the columnists has said exactly the same. However... Even worse, Marc Jacobs' uh, item for Louis Vuitton as worn by Madonna. And you seriously think, darling, in Malawi they're going to allow somebody dressing like a tramp to adopt one of their children? That's what the columnists have said. You look like, you know, you just look ghastly. They say she's either insane or is dressed like this as a joke. Exposed bra, lace gloves, fabric in her hair, and the back view's even worse, and these lace-up hooker boots. I can only, I mean, dear, I mean, have you been, I mean, perhaps the next time you go back to Malawi, try and understand what the word moral values, I mean, what the Dickens is oh, going on here, no. see, napkin, I've had things like this she on does. my tables, like... it's a stupid outfit, Vic, don't wear it again, love, you look okay. like a complete and utter prune, yeah, that's okay, that was Kate Moss, bit of a turkey, they say, and this, who do you think that is there, who do you think that is, who's that, um, go quickly, 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 that's Agnes Dane, Oh, right. Normally looking a bit butch and a bit sort of dyke oh, lovely. but here she is with her hair up. They've obviously tried, somebody said to her, Listen, can you look a bit feminine? And so uh, I thought she doesn't quite have the figure. She's got a bit of a bloke figure working in a chip shop all those years. But, uh, but but Madonna's outfit, what the hell were you thinking, love? The
1: boots at the back. I
0: know. It's got the word tramp written all over it. it? And th- I mean, this, well, I don't know. It's
1: Moulin Rouge, isn't it? It is,
0: well, it is sort of, yeah, but Moulin Rouge was so 70s. Yeah. It's, not, it's not current, is it, really? I don't know. Actually, when you actually see the picture of the paper, you'll be going, you know, you're so right. You're so right, Steve. The other day I was talking about how, uh, how Princess Eugenie's bodyguards were pelted with rocks by, uh, by robbers in Cambodia. No, no, no. They were British taxpayers. They were throwing rocks for the simple reason that um, we're fed up with a sixth in line to the throne uh, being escorted round by two Scotland Yard detectives. Sorry, love, look after yourself. Look after yourself. Get your father. He doesn't do anything. Get your father to do something. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? If uh, Prince Andrew actually did something, perhaps a job or something, just something, just anything. Morning to Gilda O'Neill. I forgot to mention you yesterday, Gilda. She says, please say hello to Kate. She's a fan, so hello, hello, Kate. 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Maybe Halfords need to send PC Cobham a set of stabilisers. No, he hasn't passed a cycling proficiency test, so he can't actually, he can't actually, I'm afraid, go, uh, go over there. Uh, another one here. Did you know that the, uh, the Queen Mary is based in Long Beach, California? Did you know that it's falling apart? Did you know that it's in such poor condition, because it's not made a cent out of all its years as a tourist attraction, that they're now thinking of taking it to uh, Las Vegas? They're now thinking of get- How they're going to get it there, I've got no idea. Giant rollers, somebody has suggested. Because, you know, they do in America, they do take houses. The trouble is, taking the Queen Mary, I mean, I would... This thing could... Well, it would just collapse, wouldn't it? You take it out of the water. I suppose it would be possible, but I don't know. I'm not really sure how, I'm afraid. Uh, I did I did say yesterday that I didn't think that the, uh, the government of Laos would actually execute a pregnant woman, and I was quite right. The government have said they would not execute a pregnant woman. That's not to say that between now and the trial she might lose the child. Strange things happen in these foreign jails, as we've discovered before. And they've named the lady. remember I said the other day there was that little boy coming back from choir practice and this car mounted the pavement. He got trapped underneath and he died. And then she was seen, the driver of the car, running away. Well, the police have taken this unusual step of naming the driver. They've informed she's a mother of twins herself and she has another name as well. Um which I shall find in a uh, moment. She's the registered keeper of the car, and surprisingly, since the accident, she's been nowhere. So the police are obviously putting two and two together and saying, listen, can you come forward, please? Because it won't be too long before she's found. The, uh, The parents of the boy, Sam Riddell, who died, are absolutely distraught. I mean, you can imagine, I don't know how I would react, and you probably don't know how you'd react either, if they were driving along the road, and you do get kids who run out into the road. In this particular case, she mounted the kerb and aimed at him. I don't think it was intentional, it was just one of those things, and he unfortunately got caught under the wheels of the car. And she then thought, I mean, her own tiny little mind, I'll run and nobody will know. But the police have taken It's a very, very unusual step. Normally, they don't, but they say the car's registered to Hannah Saf and now she's gone... Missing. No blood was found in the vehicle, but the airbag was deployed. So, in other words, they know that that was the car. It's just finding the person who was driving it. And There are lots of stories in the paper today about people who are in prison who have no remorse. And the other story the other day, which we brought you exclusively on LBC, about the young man who was given community service. And he said, I'm not wearing that fluorescent jacket. Do you remember? And we all went, you little bit of... Ho-rag you. Anyway, stupid boy that he is. He said, the reason... This is quite funny. His name's Kane, spelt with a K. So you know what sort of side of the tracks he comes from. He uh, he said, I don't want to be identified as somebody who's committed a crime. So in every paper today, they printed his photograph. Every single paper. There you go, Kane. Not a clever little boy now, are we? A rather stupid man. Mind you, there's a rather stupid woman in the paper. Another one sentenced to community service for a driving offence. And the reason she turned up and couldn't do her community service was because she was wearing high heels. And she said, I can't wear flat shoes. I can only wear high heels. So they've sent her home again. And uh, she's pictured grinning, idiot that she is, all over the papers, saying, you know, I've, I've, I have a note from a doctor or something, saying she can only wear high heels so she can't do the community service. Do you know, we're turning into such a mamby-pamby country. Slap round the arse, get out there, do your time. All right, girly. Quarter past five. On LBC 97.3, this afternoon from four. Morning, team. Nice to have you company. 17 minutes past five. The story that we brought you again some time ago on the programme, I remember this one because it was a a man who came forward called Patrick uh, Raggett, who's 50, and he claims that when he was uh, at school, uh, he was abused by a Jesuit priest. He says years of insidious abuse at the hands of Father Michael Spencer... A teacher at the all-boys Roman Catholic school blighted his adult life. And he's been successful in the High Court in the first stage of his fight for compensation. He wants £5 million. Pounds. Now, I only ask, in fact, a, a point was raised a short while ago. Since when has money solved something like this? It's a case of, it, it's the old Michael Jackson syndrome, isn't it? It's a case of Geordie Chandler claimed that he was abused. Michael Jackson said, no, 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 but I'll give you £26 million pounds, or whatever it happened to be. And, uh, and at, at the time, people were saying, you know, Geordie Chandler's parents must have known exactly what was going on, because you do, because you're parents and you know what goes on. And they said it was almost like, you know, just keep going back, we'll get the money eventually. And in fact, I think Geordie Chandler's father went on record as going, we're in for a big payout on this one. And with this man here, the, the priest who apparently committed uh, the offence, Father Michael Spencer, is dead. He died nine years ago. And I'm beginning to think, in my own mind, how you prove that something went on. Because if that's the case, there must be paedophile teachers all over the world who are operating and abusing children, knowing full well that they're never going to be found out because nobody ever believes children. Remember, there was that huge case in Canada of uh, boys who were abused, again, at a Roman Catholic school. And every time the, they, they made a film about it. And every time the boys went to the authorities, the authorities were so stupid, get back to school. And so they were sent back for even more abuse. And it turned out these Catholic priests, there were certain numbers of them, had abused hundreds of boys over the years. And when when it blew up eventually, and finally somebody started believing the boys, all hell broke loose. Roman Catholic Church. We go, nothing to do with us. And in fact, we've had documentaries on the television about Catholic priests who abuse people. And all the Catholic Church did was bury their head in the sand, move them on to somewhere else. They just moved them. They said, "All right, well, he's going. He's going. All right." So they then moved. There was one a classic case in America where he'd abused little girls. So they move him to Mexico, and of course, he couldn't believe his luck. Nobody knew about his history. The Catholic Church knew he was a paedophile, and he carried on abusing. And of course, in a poor community, the one person that all these people trusted, because they're probably firm believers in this kind of thing, is is the church. You believe the priest. And then somebody comes home and goes, the the priest did this, don't be silly. And nobody believed the kids. Unfortunately, this, uh, this pedophile was tried and he's in prison. But it goes on all the time. How you prove, though, after somebody's dead, after nine years, I've got no idea. And why it's worth five million, I've got no idea. The church, of course, as usual... Uh, is not accepting legal and moral responsibility for the dark virus of abuse in the way that it should. Ridiculous, isn't it? But it, it, it'll undoubtedly have its time in court. I mean, how do you prove these sort of things? Unless you've got evidence. He claims that he was photographed by this priest, and all sorts of things happen, which we can't talk about on the programme. But uh, but he wants five million. I'm thinking, why would five million solve it? Why would five million solve it? It's money, isn't it? Nowadays, it's it's come down to. To money, if that's, if that's the answer. Yesterday we had the Tesco driver, Tesco have distanced himself from him, who turned up to deliver uh, quite late at this lady's house, tripped over and fell, and she went, you're right? And he went, yes. Two days later she gets the solicitor's letter. He's suing you. And you think, oh, no, 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 terribly sorry. No, She's got a disabled mother. Her disabled mother can get up and down the path. Why this bloke can't? I've got no idea. And you think, in cases like this, why don't they check? Has this bloke ever done this before? Has he, claimed, has he been very successful? It's like there are, there are certain people who spend their entire life in litigation. They spend their entire life claiming money. People who make a living out of it. There's a, there's a very successful Asian guy who writes off for jobs. And he writes under an Asian name and they don't give him a job interview. So he writes under a white name and they give him an interview. So he takes him to court for discrimination. And he's made hundreds of thousands of pounds because it's discrimination. It's like if, if you write in and go, I'm, I suppose nowadays you could write in and go, I'm 96 and I can barely walk, but I'd like to be a policeman. And the police said, no, don't be so stupid. They go, well, I'm taking you to court. That's discrimination. And nowadays you'll find somebody who'll take the case on. There will be enough cracked lawyers out there who'll take that blooming thing on. The one thing you have to take on to good grief. I'm not. Oh dear, what is this? What did you, dear Steve please mention? that? Can you give away on your programme today a 50-inch plasma television? No, I blooming well can't. A 50-inch plasma. We gave one of these away the other day. What's the difference today? Oh, for goodness' sake! Every bid made on the programme between now and seven gets a second one free. Just ridiculous. Honestly, these are the... I think they do it to wind me up, especially on a Wednesday morning, seeing as I did another trip round South London this morning. I don't know why. Normally, we're going to have to make sure that the the cab company know that the 316 is the preferred route of Mr Allen, not Wanstead and Roehampton and everywhere else we went round this morning. At the moment, we, we, we headed for Richmond. I knew I was in trouble. I thought, here we go, here we go, round blooming south London again. I don't want to go there, round, the, round about here. Oh, God, it was horrible. Anyway, so, why are they doing this to me? So, can you please offer to your listeners a Steve Allen off between now and 7am? For every bid you make for this fantastic prize, and it grieves me to give it away to somebody, but we will be, a 50-inch plasma television, I'll give you the second bid free. So, if you make five bids, you get five bids free. So, it's ten for the price of, um... Five. And if you make 20 bids, you get 20 free. So that's 40 bids. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's an incentive, quite clearly. But, I mean, I think we're making it a bit too easy to people. So buy one, get one free. But you've got to be quick, because all the bids have got to be used by 7am this morning. I know it's only 23 minutes past five, but the lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. So, in other words, if I bid 20 pence and Amanda bids 20 pence, that cancels them out. If, however, I bid 20 pence and she goes 19 pence and nobody else bids 19 or goes underneath that, she gets the television. How thrilled would I be? Not. Because she can't go in for the competition. So the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bid's in by seven this morning for the bog off. So in other words, buy one, get one free. Got to use them up by seven. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to 88821. So LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to eight. Two one. Every second bid between now and seven is free. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 5.30 today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. <laughs> it's too generous, isn't it? Too generous if you're a fan of The New Seekers. You know I'll beg, steal or borrow. Uh-uh. I'd like to teach, the. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. And so it went on. Anyway, uh, they've fallen out. As we get to a 40th anniversary tour by one of them, Paul Layton, who is now... Well, you won't believe this. Paul Layton was the pretty one in The New Seekers. Okay, there were the two girls, and uh, there was Eve Graham and Lynn Paul. There was Marty uh, Christian. Uh, Peter Doyle was the one with him. He died, actually, in uh, age 52, so you're left with Paul Layton, Eve Graham, Lynn Paul and Marty Christian. And Paul is currently fronting a current New Seekers doing a tour to mark the band's 40th anniversary. And what, he's the only original one in it because there's another one. I think there is Lynn Paul's, uh, Lynn Paul and the sound of the New Seekers. And they're, they're another sort of tribute band to it. So uh, they're arguing. Lynn Paul and Eve Graham are saying, no, 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 people shouldn't go and see this one. The tr- That's what happens when these groups fall out. You don't, you don't really want them to, because you like the, the new seekers. Paul Layton is 61. I mean, it doesn't seem possible. As far as I'm concerned, they're still the same age. Eve Graham is 65. Peter Doyle, as I say, died, aged only 52. Lynn Paul is 60, lives in Spain, and Marty Christian runs a surveying firm and retains an interest in the band as he co-owns the rights to the name. He's 61 as well. Eve Graham, 65. She actually married another ex-newseeker, Danny Finn, and they're still together. It's nice, isn't it? But they're arguing over, you shouldn't be going out doing this, and uh, people do. You know, people like to go and see tribute bands. I quite like to go and see tribute bands. I think they're fantastic. Here's this uh, yob. This is uh, Kane Beals. So he he didn't want to wear his community payback jacket because he said... That uh, it advertises you've done something wrong. Yes, I quite like to see wrongdoers, Kane, and I'm glad we've exposed you as a little piece of that you are. He says you don't want the world to know. So every paper's printed his picture today. <laughs> I'm tempted to use the word pillock, I'm afraid, Kane, where it comes to you. If you kept your mouth shut, it would have been a lot easier. Now everybody knows what a crook looks like. Fantastic, isn't it? Fantastic. Uh, a man found guilty. This is another story from Iran. We've had these stories before. Strangely enough, I turned on the television this morning and the BBC were doing a documentary on communism and they were looking at Romania and the Ceausescu's and uh, her, uh, Elaine, I think it was Elena Ceausescu and Nikolai Ceausescu, uh, a couple of uh, corrupt people, if ever there were corrupt people. She was just a revolting person. There was, they, they did an interview with... Um, uh, one of their big movie stars in Romania, and she said that I was banned from working in the country because I was pretty, and Elena Ceausescu didn't like pretty women. And and it showed, and it's the first time I'd ever seen it, the um, the end of the trial of the Ceausescus, where they were found guilty and sentenced to death. And so they're standing in the courtroom, bearing in mind that they've run this country with a rod of iron. They'd murdered, they'd lied, they cheated, they were corrupt. They deserved to die. It was as simple as that. And the country was a better place without them. There were children sitting in. I remember they went out there to do... A friend of mine went out with, I think, one of the Annika Rice programmes where they tried to rebuild an orphanage where the kids were practically in cages, they were covered in sores, they were ill, there was no money, there was nothing because the Ceausescus had robbed the country blind. A little bit like Imelda Marcos and her thieving husband. You remember them, don't you? And Imelda Marcos, strangely enough, now allowed to reside in the United States, having thieved all that money, and I didn't understand, you know, how she was allowed to do that, but I said, it works here, doesn't it? Turn up with enough money, they'll welcome you with open arms. But uh, there were the Ceausescus in court... And they're then they they stood up and they they moved them to one of the back walls and they're going, right, you're going to be executed. And she's still shouting at the guards. She's shouting at the soldiers. And they had the soldier there who was in charge of the firing squad. And they then produced some rope to tie their hands behind their back. And she's screaming and shouting, get off, what are you doing? Get off it, do not touch me. I'm thinking, and then what one of the soldiers says, listen, nobody's going to help you now. Nobody's going to help you now. And so they then literally... Uh, tie her hands behind her back. She's screaming and shouting. Shout, we want to be executed together. It's our right. It's this and that. You know, I think she thought they were going to be let off. I, didn't, I don't think she actually thought that it was going to happen. And they took them out and they filmed it. And the the man who was in charge of the execution said, set your machine guns to automatic, because they didn't, they didn't want to miss... The first bullets apparently hit Ceausescu's knees. Then it got him in the chest, and he crumpled. And they showed on television this morning, which I didn't think they would. Them actually going over and lifting up his his head to see if he was actually dead. And I thought to myself, that's the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. But the country then sort of had to go the uh, the steady climb upwards again after they took it down into the gutter. This is LBC ninety seven point three. Good morning, Do you know having a job makes you happy? Having a job makes you happy. I remember years ago when I didn't have a job, and to be honest with you, after about the first week, I didn't have the energy to get out of bed. I used to think to myself, I'd wake up early in the morning and think, I can't actually be bothered to go out and look for a job today. I re- it really just... You weren't inspired at all. I can easily understand why people who haven't worked for a while don't kind of get into it. We'll tell you a story a bit later on about another one of these uh, dole yobs uh, who hasn't worked since he left school and drinks 24 cans of Stella a day. Uh, he's got no qualifications. He's, uh, he's more than happy to take his 60 quid a week and sponge off the likes of you and I, although he's perfectly capable of working. But uh, having a job makes you happy. Those in employment reportedly have increased job satisfaction. And it, is not, it does give you something to sort of to aim for. In the morning you think, oh, I'm getting up, i going to work. I don't think I'm getting up, I'm going to work. I think I'm getting up, I'm going to put the world to rights. That's what I think. I don't ever think of it as a job. How can it be considered a job? You just sit in a studio, you know, staring out the window thinking, I'm going to be a nice day today, looking through the papers, looking at some of the the things. Every time something happens to me, my friends say to me, you're going to talk about this tomorrow, aren't you? Or they go, that's ten minutes on the programme. And you go, it is. It is. You can't help it. That's just the way it uh, it works. Because I did actually go for a job. Eventually, I did go for a job. And it was a, a ticket agent for British Rail. And I failed it. I failed the interview. And I can't imagine why it could be that difficult to get. To wear, oh, blimey, there you go. You just push a button now on a machine, don't you? As far as I know, Let's have a quick check on the weather for today. Young uh, Scarred Hake tells us it's a dry day, cloudy to start, warm with sunny spells, quite breezy. That's good. Maximum temperature twenty centigrade, warmer than yesterday. A fine evening, rain or drizzle moving in later. Still breezy. Tomorrow, any cloud and rain will quickly clear to leave a dry day with sunshine at times. The high is 18 degrees. Uh, Please say hello, says young Jan, to Bernadette Walker from Dagenham, who told me in great detail how much she enjoys listening to you. She has no computer access to tell you herself. And can you ask her to call me at the theatre today, as I do not have her number but need to speak to her? So, Bernadette Walker from Dagenham, can you call Jan at the Queen's Theatre? What a coincidence, honestly. Do you know, we've done nothing but talk about Hornchurch for ages and ages. So, can you call Bernadette Jan at the Queen's Theatre? It's like having your own personal telephone service here, isn't it? I quite like this idea. Uh, 84850, I would have thought if anybody had the right to the new Seeker's name, it'd be the original Seeker, uh, Keith uh, Podkras. He put the band together in the first place, says Ray. Apparently not. Apparently, oh, is that the one who, who died? I've now lost track of it. Which was the one? Oh, I went, Who was the one who died? Well, whoever has it now, it's the other one. So I keep turning I keep finding pictures of uh, Victoria Beckham looking like a napkin on a, on a fairly averagely dressed table, which I find quite funny. I've now lost the blooming... Time. I keep... Uh, bras everywhere in the paper today. You can't move for bras. Bras here, bras there, bras everywhere. Uh, yes, uh, Peter... Do- well, Keith Potcher, no. Is that The New Seekers or is it The Seekers? So that's, that's what I don't know, because this is... This must have been the new Seekers. So were you thinking of the original Seekers? So it's the new Seekers. I don't know who came up with these things. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Steve, if that woman can't do her community service, shouldn't she go back to court and be given a prison sentence? Oh, I agree, totally. Uh, another one here. Steve, what's wrong with you? If you're an OAP and had to get £200 out of a cash machine, a PCSO would be helpful. Don't be so stupid. <laughs> Pensioners getting £200 out of cash machines. You do get some thick people who write in occasionally. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. It takes more of your texts and emails in a moment. Great idea, Steve. Uh, Stuart says, how does he afford 24 cans a day on 60 quid a week? Because his parents support him at home. You can imagine what sort of parents they are, can't you? Uh, quickly, 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 onwards and upwards, and oh, I was going to bring a story about the... Now, why was I going to do the Independent? Oh, yes, it was this, this group of people who we mentioned yesterday on the programme, and it was uh, the people who are banned from this country, including the revolting, and I think he's gay as a goose, Fred Waldron Phelps. This is the man who runs the little Baptist church who goes and pickets with God Hates Fags. I always think those who hold up signs like. that Uh, you know, generally are themselves. So, quite clearly, Fred Waldron, you've been outed for the little Nancy boy, which you undoubtedly are. Go on, Sue. I dare you, love. I dare you. Not even acknowledged by anybody in America, not allowed in this country. His revolting daughter, who stands outside church services for soldiers killed overseas in America, with, uh, you know rot in hell and all that kind of stuff. This is in front of families. I'd go in there and punch her in the mouth. I'm afraid I would have to fell her to the ground. I'm sorry, somebody who's as sick as that deserves to just be thrown in prison and left there to rot. Surrounded by some very gay women, I think. That'd be quite fun. I'd quite like that idea. Because the only people in this quasi-crackpot bloody church is this revolting family. And you know what they say, the family that pray to get... Well, you know, it's it's the kind of thing in America, I'm afraid. She was banned from this country because she wanted to come over here to picket a school play in Basingstoke about an anti-gay murder. I tell you, love, if you'd come over here, you'd see... The British wouldn't stand for people like you. We'd have pelted you with rotten fruit, felled you to the ground and kicked you in the bloody Thames. We'd have got rid of you straight away, you revolting piece of pond life. Uh, they've also got all sorts of other people in here. And you suddenly realise that the world is full of disgusting people. Abs- and for some reason, we kind of give them coverage. In America, this revolting family, Fred Campboy, Waldron, Phelps Senior and Shirley, she looks as though she's got tendencies, uh, You know, are the sort of people who don't get coverage in America. We send a film crew over to film them, thus giving them the coverage. Me just having mentioned them has probably made it even worse. But at least you know where my thoughts lie with people like that. Daily Mirror today, Madonna wearing this ridiculously stupid outfit. And for some reason, they're so desperate in the Daily Mirror that, um, they've had to put Richard Branson in filming a new advert. Which is, you know, which is great, but it's only an advert. It's like every time that, uh, Who's that bloke going out with that woman whose mother's a thief? Oh, sorry, uh, Gary Lineker. And, uh, he, uh, every time he does a crisp advert, they put it in the paper, like it's some bit... And you think, but he's earning more than £150,000 a time. Why don't these people tell you how much they're earning? You know, it's not news, is it, that somebody's doing an advert? Ridiculous. Chris says, I'm in Hornchurch at the moment. Do you want me to say hello to anybody? I think everybody, actually. I think it's <laughs> a long wait, isn't it? Is it bank holiday? But You can say hello to people. Uh, Tom Hanks has revealed he's a fan of Loose Women. Well, he said that, but I shouldn't imagine he's ever seen it. He spends most of his time out the country. I mean, Jane MacDonald is fine. And Karen McGiffin, I was thinking about the other day, because uh, a well-known showbiz agent went under a guy called John Roseman. John Roseman had lots of people in show business. And I think uh, Alistair Campbell was one of his. I think at one point he had um, uh, Natasha Kaplinsky. Then he lost her. But he's had various other people. And I thought he had Karen McGiffin. And I think he's got... Oh, loads of people. And he went under on Friday. They just issued a note from the office to everybody saying, uh, the office has closed, the company's closed down, uh, and I advise you all to go and seek separate representation. Now, the thing with agents is what they do is they take the money in. The agent will invoice. So, for example, I don't know how many of LBC's current presenters have agents, but they would invoice. The money would then go into the agency. The agency would take their fee and they would hand over the rest to the person. If an agency goes under, like John Roseman... And a lot of people are affected. Makes you wonder, if you've got all these clients who are working, and many of them on a regular basis, how can you go under? I don't understand how you can just sort of go under and lose. All- I mean, he's been in the business for 30 years. 30 years, but obviously something went uh, went wrong. So hopefully people will get uh, paid. Jonathan Maitland said, I'm owed some money. And I should imagine, at the end of the month, quite a number of other people will be owed money. Uh, Julie says... Uh, I want to thank LBC for the great evening I had last night. Says I won tickets on your show to see Three Days of Rain. Brilliant acting by the three cast members. Went for a lovely meal after and got home about one a.m. So although I might need the matchsticks today, it was definitely worth it. That's what we like. You see, you put put a smile on somebody's face. Doesn't it make such a difference? You You put a smile on somebody's face. You feel as though you've achieved something. Do something nice today. As you walk past somebody today, just smile at them. They'll either do one or two things. They'll either smile back, or they'll call the police. OK, if they call the police, just say, Steve Allen told me to smile at somebody. Don't touch anybody, because apparently touching is like verboten in London. But just smile at somebody and go... Or failing that, give somebody a compliment. You look nice. Mmm, you smell good. Yeah. Say that to one of those winos sitting down by the embankment. Mmm, you smell good. What is that, Gin? Or cider. I don't know. It's a lovely smell. It really is. And that's sick down the front. Kind of adds to it, doesn't it? Really. Uh, of the original seekers, put the new seekers together. Says Ray. But apparently, not own the name, which is a bit strange. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, steve LBC dot co dot uk. Love the uh, call of conspiracy theory. These leaflets being sent to us, regardless of swine flu, having been infected with swine flu, in order to make us all ill enough. Thank you, Angela. <laughs> This swine flu thing. Are you? You're not really worried about it, are you? Really? Norman Don is driving back from Brighton. Been on another one of your raves down there, have you? And uh, apparently. Pensioners can arrange for a policeman to escort them home from the bank. Wouldn't that be defeating the object, an advertisement to neighbourhood thieves? Exactly! <laughs> With the stupidest thing ever, wouldn't it? It would be the daftest thing ever. You'd never... You know, and here's a pensioner taking £200 out. Yeah, right. As if pensioners have got £200, as somebody suggested earlier. But I mean, how stupid. And police are saying, go, all right, I'm, I'm now going to walk you home. Don't be so silly. If you've got £200 in the bank, you buy your own security. Good Lord, what on earth is that on the television? I didn't know what on earth... Sorry. That's... Oh, right. Oh, I tell you who's been in all the papers, the dreary. Oh, my God, she's so boring. Kerry Katona. I'm bipolar, I am. You buy something, dear. But uh, anyway, she's uh, set out. She's, she's just flogging another tedious documentary about li- life, you know, the fast lane, because uh, I was a celebrity. I can't actually done anything. Can't sing, can't dance, can't actually do anything. Brought out my children. And did a lot of cocaine. A lot of cocaine. I don't know how much cocaine I did, but, like, loads of it. And then it made me Bipolar. Well, that's good, that one, because people think you're drunk. And Philip Schofield, he was rude to me. He was ru- she said the other day, she said he was rude to me. He had the... Au- he had, she didn't use the word audacity because it's a bit too big for her, but she said, he, he actually asked me if I was drunk. I thought, well, it seems a fairly sensible question, love. Were you drunk? In fact, she said it to him. She said, are you saying I'm drunk? And he said, no, I'm just asking. What, why would that be a rude question? It's like, you know, are you a fat old nothing? The answer is, Yes! But we have to ask the question, don't you? You have to ask the question. It's like, you know, if you've got Kerry Katona in a studio, I don't think... I tell you what I watched the other day. Very odd. Very odd performance. They had this morning, and they were doing a bit of cooking, and they had some people from Coronation Street, including Craig Charles. Now, Craig, as you know, has had a few uh, little problems in the past. Well, he couldn't stand still. He was sort of rocking backwards and forwards, kept mopping his brow because he was sweating so much. And I'm thinking... You look a bit odd. Something didn't... And I, I was so transfixed by it that I didn't care about the other two. One one was one of the girls who plays Fizz. and She turns out to be as irritating off-screen as on-screen. Oh, dear, one of those... <laughs> oh, go away! You know, stop being the same character. And then they had Craig Charles, who's rocking backwards and forwards, and didn't look like he was in the real world at all. Very worried. Anyway, so Carrie Catone said, I want to oh, go back on this morning. Why, dear? Why? Nobody's interested in you and your boring little life. Nobody's interested. Pay your tax. Pay your tax and I'll be a, I'll be a lot happy, happier. Uh, I thought John Roseman looked after Davina and the Big Brother stars. I can't remember who he looks after because I went onto the internet the moment I heard it a few days ago. And, uh, and I like... Uh, he normally has his, his agency with a list of all the people, but it hasn't. They've taken down the site, so I can't find out who he represented. I'm sh- he might have had Davina at one time. They, all, they tend to move around different agencies. Most people in show business start with one agent and then within a short space of time they've moved on to somebody else because they're they're, they're looking for, you know, one agent will only have so many contacts and then you go to somebody else who's got the next level of contacts and you're looking for somebody, you know, that can handle you and your career and make make a good living for you. Uh, Dee says, I agree with you about the Phelps lot. I think there is a hell and if there is, it's waiting for people like them. Let's hope one day they come face to face with some gay soldiers. Oh, absolutely. You know, i tell you what you want. You want some of the children to grow up gay. That's what you really want. That's what you... Re- Although, actually, strangely enough, to go no further, all right? Not to tell anybody... Oh, I can't tell you now. It's an Osmond story. There's a gay Osmond. I'm not sure I could really tell you this story. I'll tell you it after the... It's a gay Osmond, OK? I'm going to tell you after the news headlines. 37.3. A gay Osmond, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't think I would be sitting here in the year 2009 sitting in Leicester Square, telling you about a gay Osmond. But here I am to bring it to you this morning. It's a bit shocking. Marie Osmond's daughter is lesbian. Marie Osmond's daughter has been living with her girlfriend for three years. It hit the American press a couple of weeks ago, and they started saying Marie Osmond was horrified and everything else. So Marie Osmond's come out. Not but she hasn't come out, the daughter's come out. and, uh, And said, no, it doesn't bother me in the slightest that my daughter has been in a relationship. It seems it's in showbiz, because if you remember... Cher's daughter, Chastity, is also gay and was in a relationship as well. And there's quite a number of of people who sort of, we know within the business, you know, are sort of people who maybe have got married. And and yet everybody knows, and it's kind of accepted. I can think of about ten people off the top of my head. Or probably underneath my head, I should imagine, at the same time. Uh, there's a rather stupid woman in the paper today. Ke- Kelly Grimes is another one of these dim, chavvy types. And um, she went shopping, so she left her two-year-old daughter by herself she abandoned the top for more than four hours while enjoying a day out with the child's gran worried neighbours called the police who found the child crying in a cot clutching an empty milk bottle wearing a heavily soiled nappy and a thick wool cardigan with a heating left on so she's been sent to prison for nine months uh, the child has been taken away by social services and with a, a foster family it's not the first time she's left the t- what a stupid woman what a sh- if you see her out in the street pelt her with rotten fruit pelt her with rotten fruit makes perfect sense oh my god here are these outfits uh worn at the uh, fashion awards debbie harry Interesting. do you think people look in the mirror before they go out as i said the the, the funniest one is uh, is madonna and victoria beckham victoria beckham looks like a table napkin poor soul certainly overdone it on the fake tan certainly overdone doesn't need to do it uh helena Christensen um wearing i don't know it does look like fancy dress eva hetzigova I mean, wearing a Dolce & Gabbana mess. Kate Hudson, uh, gold, um, Stella McCartney, which does nothing for her bust at all, I'm afraid. Somebody called Blake Lively. She's a gossip girl. I have no idea who she is. Uh, Kate Moss was wearing some... It's not like she'd wandered off the set of Cleopatra. Uh, Jessica Biel. Beal. I think she's Justin Timberlake's girlfriend. Uh, got top marks for hers. Claudia Schieffer, Looks stunning in a Versace, but again, you know, if you've got Claudia Schiffer's looks, you're fine. Unfortunately, Madonna just looked like the turkey. Last one in the shop, nobody's going to touch it with a barge pole. Cindy Crawford did all right. Agnes Dane, obviously trying to turn her into uh, something feminine. The trouble is, she's got a bloke's face. And that's the trouble. She's tomboy. And so they, they've tried to flick her hair up at the side. It just doesn't work. It really doesn't work at all. It's a nice Burberry dress, but unfortunately... And most of the fashion people seem to disagree. Every fashion person in each paper has written something different about them. I don't know why, it's just perhaps they don't understand it. And uh, Kate Moss makes the uh, 3am girls. My God, they could do with a makeover. Perhaps they should should go out there and get something done, which is good. Uh, A nurse has lodged a formal complaint against a hospital she works at because she claims she almost died after having surgery. Blimey. How they get these people nowadays, I've got no idea. And Boris Johnson has had a waxwork made of himself. And, you know, surprisingly, it looks very good. I know that many of them, if you go to Madame Sue Two Swords, don't don't look as good. Not as bad as Louis Two Swords up in Blackpool, but there again, most people in Blackpool tend to look as bad as that. And, uh, which reminds me, it's where Colleen Nolan comes from, Blackpool. And, he, da, 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 da. another one here says, um, I took one of your members of staff to the marathon. Par- from Paragon Grove, Surbiton. I don't know who that is. Um I, Phil, I shall pass that on and I shall I shall give it to Amanda. Amanda will take that off. Do you know anybody called Claire Reeves? Who's Claire Reeves? don't um, no. no. We don't know anybody don't know, called Claire yeah. Reeves. Well I'll let you take that one off there. You can print it off. It's a poor cab driver who took somebody to the marathon and he never got paid. Oh okay. So I'll let you I'll let you chase that one up. <laughs> We don't know who it is, actually, I'm afraid, Phil. So it doesn't help. Susan Boyle. Remember Susan Boyle? Has had, um, a cocktail named after her. No, that's not very nice, is it? Unattractive and can't sing. It's not called that at all. It's called a Susan Boyle. And uh, it's got vodka, wild strawberry and sour rhubarb liqueurs. That sounds delicious, doesn't it? I like the sound of that. Blossom water, cranberry juice and mixed berries, topped with a creamy... Frangelico Lair and sprinkled with chocolate shavings. The idea is that when you do it, it leaves you a little moustache. Because Susan Ball's got... She's practically growing a bushy one. I think she's going to join the village people or something like that. Oh, do you know the bloke? Oh, I knew there was one story I had to tell you this morning. The son have exposed him uh, as, a, as a fibber. a you know the bloke who sang Bring Him Home, the one whose wife died ten years ago? Remember him? He said he'd never sung before. He has, unfortunately. He has sung before in front of a huge crowd. So he's a bit of a porcupine already bit of a porcupine. Here she is, girl in the paper today. She's an alcoholic. She's 17. What does she drink every day? A bottle of vodka and eight cans of lager. And she's pictured this stupid girl with her mother. And, uh, she apparently punched her mum in the face when she refused to buy more alcohol. I wish somebody'd punch you in the face, love. I mean, you know, I've, I've got no sympathy at all. A lazy waste of space at 17, I'm afraid. Um, this, this is in the light of all the new research which shows that women are drinking more. No big surprise to me there. I've seen it all over the place. Everywhere you go, there's women drunk. They did a, a series. Sky did a huge series where they looked at people who were drunk and women, or even worse, dr- all over the pavement. Oh, disgusting. And this one here, far too much makeup, and uh, And all they do now is that they, they do it. So and so, so then they're going to sell their stories to papers. And frankly, you know, I'm, I've had enough of it. Uh, Katie Price, otherwise known as Katie Andre, otherwise known as Jordan, otherwise known as that foul-mouthed old bag who dragged herself over to America to try and launch her husband's singing career. Yeah, right. More chance of the Phelps arriving in this country. Uh, Says that she's still got the hots for Peter Andre because he's well endowed. I don't think he is, Katie. I don't think he is. In fact, we remember very well the jungle where he had to ask you. And, of course, you didn't know. So I think we're telling porky pies on this one, OK? So let's just accept the fact that you've got no idea at all a funny thing to talk about because he says you haven't done it for ages and then you also say we haven't done it for ages so it's just a load of old bunkum but I uh, i should go and wash your mouth out with soap dear make it a lot easier for everybody don't forget we've got a bog off only runs till seven this morning only runs till seven that's buy one get one free and it's uh, a lovely 50 inch samsung television <laughs> a 50 inch samsung television i could do with that oh nicky graham Remember Nicky Graham? She was the... You'll love this story. God, blimey, you'll love this story. She was the one in, you know... Oh, it's broken, it's it broken! It, it broke. Oh, it's working. Do you remember that? We ran it on LBC. 70, and every time I played, it made me laugh. Unfortunately, she was ultimately stupid. Ultimately stupid. And she's now attacked Victoria Beckham, claiming she'd never want to look like the mega-rich, mega-famous ma- A-lister. Nicky said she's too bony. Um, yes, but she's got far more intelligence than you'll ever Adam, have, I'm afraid, Miss Graham. However... She's only 23, Nikki Graham, already washed up. It's a bit embarrassing. She did tell a magazine how she longs to entertain us via the nation's airwaves. Oh, God help us, I better keep this one away from the boss. She'll be here during the afternoon before you know what's happened. She says here, I'm going to do a radio presenting course. Oh, good. My dream is to present a show on, wait for it, XFM. Just down the corridor. Just think, we could be that unlucky, we could bump into her every day. Oh, Nicky, the coffee machine's working. Oh, it's working. Could have that, couldn't we? Well, probably not working, actually. <laughs> oh, dear, I'm not sure my little heart can cope with things like that, I'm afraid. I know it's only a Wednesday morning, but, you know, I know. Kerry Katona says she's ready for another showdown with Philip Schofield and Fern Britain. They have admitted, the uh, programme, that they have received a request. Why waste time? She's only doing it. To sort of film her MTV show, don't go, don't give her the, the, the publicity. We're bored with her. Uh, Steve Hargrave will be with us this morning. He's going to be a little bit tired, I'm afraid, because he is uh, just back from Rome. He jetted in. Do you know? I saw another one of those ghastly cooking programs yesterday. Talking of ghastly people, Gino De Campo, or Campo Gino as we call him, the man with the hairiest arms in the business, doing a cooking program with somebody called I can't remember. And and this one they had to sort of they had to go to Ketner's and cook. It was just another waste of space. Just to complete another waste of space. It was like these cash-in-the-attic-type programmes. There's this bloomin' antique expert who I, I can't bear. He's just got Greasy written all over him and he sort of rubs his hands all the time. And he quite clearly he's only just swatted up on the item. Can't bear him at all. Anyway, uh, Dawn couldn't email live last week because we know he had no, no broadband. But when Steve said on the show how the Ting-Tings at Somerset House will be good as long as it's not raining... He reminded me of the time I went to an Alistair Griffin gig in Scarborough Beach. Absolutely bucketed down, and we all got soaked through. I ended up looking like a drowned rat. But she is seeing Alistair Griffin in York on Saturday. Fancy toys at Ronnie Scott's on Monday, and Paolo Nutini at the Electric Ballroom on Tuesday. I'm paying for that one. I didn't win a competition like in his last one. Well, Steve will be with us this morning at quarter past six, so you can uh, enjoy that. Uh, Mark says, I'm not sure who John Roseman represented, but he was one of three judges in a competition I entered back in 2002. On this morning, he chose me as one of five finalists to become an ITV national weather presenter. Robin, can't remember his name, still currently the weather presenter on ITV national weather, that John Roseman and the other judges, Sean Lloyd and Rex Roskilly, chose. It was an amazing, fun experience. I had to present the weather live in the studio on that floating weather map in a recorded piece to camera. I remember them, them asking me once at, uh, at live television, can you walk and talk at the same time? I said, I can talk any time. Because they're always quite interested if you can walk and talk. And if you can walk backwards, they're even more impressed. So funny. (laughs) I remember once going, they used to do this thing with me in in Austria. And they would talk to me on my headphones, but I would carry on talking in the studio. And they were impressed that they could literally shout down the headphones and I would carry on talking quite normally as, as if you know somebody was shouting down my headphones now and it wouldn't make any difference and all I did I just turned my headphones down so it did, didn't make any and they were really they'd, and they and they they were giving me instructions but they were seeing if they could put me off they were seeing if they could put me off and they were impressed that they could carry on talking to me and I would carry on talking so it didn't it didn't phase me I didn't have the heart to tell them, I just turned the headphones down and, uh, and that was that. <laughs> Always works. Uh, Matthew Wright on holiday again this week, Fiona Phillips this week, uh, Kay Adams, you wonder if he wants the job. Okay. Somebody wrote to one of these dreary little teletext things saying Kay Adams was funny and witty. What year was that? Kay Adams was never funny and witty. She was like a dominatrix on... Um, and she did Loose Women for a while. Oh, and uh, Jackie Brambles is leaving, I believe. I think Noreen told me that. Yeah, she's leaving Loose Women to look after the children. So that means they'll be looking for somebody... Actually, that the program's become a bit samey, hasn't it? Which is a shame. It's the same old thing. You get Denise and Colleen and, you know, all the rest of it. You think, oh, it could be better. Imagine your dad's... 97.3. London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Dr Death himself appears with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. This is the founder of Exit International, Dr Philip Nitschke, I think it is. He's, uh, We'll be talking about the Voluntary Euthanasia and Assisted Suicide Information Programme, which is over here talking about. Apparently hugely attended the other day, with a lot of people wanting to go and a lot of church men and women saying, we really shouldn't be teaching people how to commit suicide. But I suppose you have to ask the question, if you're at that stage in your life where you just don't want to go on and uh, nobody will help you end it because you're in pain or whatever, then I suppose he's the person. So Dr Death himself, joining Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, Papers with Katie Knight, journalist for the Daily Mail. And uh, they're also going to be talking to Dr Peter Saunders, Director of Care Not Killing Alliance, on whether uh, Dr Death should be allowed to promote his drug testing kits used to assist suicide in the UK. They're talking about uh, how do we save the Sea of Galilee from drying up? Wasn't where it was going to. Quentin Letts will be here as well. They're talking about the recession and how far have our railways come. They're, They're doing a feature in the paper today on railway toilets. Uh, they've appointed a railways up, because apparently railway. I I've never even thought about railway toilets. I just know at Waterloo Station you have to pay 30 pence. And and still people jump over the barrier because they're too too mean to spend 30 pence. Um, I do, a couple of people asked me if there was a problem with the podcast yesterday, and um, we don't think that there is. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, poor, poor Yvonne and Tamara says, Oh, problem, problem. Couldn't hear the programme. Quite, quite panic-stricken, actually. Quite panic-stricken. And, um... I watched a TV programme, says Noreen. Morning, Noreen. Born to be different. About six children, nine years old, with disabilities. They were so lovely. And the parents were wonderful. She's got... Uh, she, I'm going to be missing for a couple of days because, she says, I've got to have an operation on my nose. It's a pain as we'll miss a gig for our favourite band, The Manfreds, on Milton Keynes, or in Milton Keynes, on Friday. Uh, Karen Felton, thank you very much indeed. And uh, Derek. Actually, I used to work with Derek years and years ago. And... Um, He he bumped into me at Waterloo Station. Strange enough, he sent me an email yesterday saying, when I saw you from behind, I knew it was you. I'm not sure what what that tells people nowadays. (laughs) Probably not so good, is it? Uh, It's a photo opportunity. If you want to go down to uh, WH Smith uh, at Lakeside Thurrock, Colleen Nolan is there, writing with warmth and humour that has made her so popular. Colleen describes her eventful life from joining her sister's band, the Nolans, when she was only nine, to growing up in the spotlight. Colleen also reveals how she coped with her tumultuous marriage to television star Shane Ritchie and how, after they split, she was left a single parent struggling to get through each day. Apparently, she did get a job as presenting on this morning. She was so awful on it, she was fired. And uh, now, they say, today she is happily married and is an inspiration to women everywhere. She's only, like, 30-something. And there's there's an inspiration to women everywhere who believe their best days were behind them. Only 30-something... Good grief! Uh, Ray reckons that uh, John Roseman looked after Richard and Judy for a while. I don't know. I'd love to see his full his full cast list. That would uh, that would interest me. Uh, Meg says Croydon isn't as bad as uh, as you say it is all the time. Well, I don't know actually. <laughs> There's bits of Croydon that are good. You know the the, the really best bit. Is the sign that says you are now leaving Croydon. (laughs) You know, wave goodbye to your wheels. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. M&M has admitted that he was addicted to cough mixture. We used to have a presenter at LBC years ago who was addicted to cough medicine. He was addicted to the codeine in it. He would sit there for a whole programme and he would drink a bottle of cough medicine. And it was the codeine that was... I mean, to be honest with you, most of us hate cough medicine at the best of times. But it was the codeine that he liked... And so he would literally, I don't know, well, because he would drink a whole bottle of it throughout the programme. He would sit there. And yeah, but it's, it's the it's the liquid codeine that he liked. I don't think he wanted uh, anything else but. Uh, 84850, Declan, thank you very much indeed. I'm see- glad to see on uh, on the television we've had our arms covered up. So that's quite a good idea. I like that idea of covering up the arms. Makes you look so much younger. I'm only joking. Uh, 84850, apparently swine flu. I think I might have it, Steve. I've come out in rashes. Thank you. Every joke under the sun Every joke under the sun Uh, I work in waste disposal, Steve We have this wonderful machine that crushes everything you put into it Why don't we get some queens to throw the Phelps family into it, says Paul What a good idea What a marvellous idea And all these other people who are pictured in the uh, papers today Um, Cost of cabs, the money we make, especially with diesel costs now Barely covered the running costs, Steve We have to work even longer just to earn a living Oh, Oh, my heart bleeds My heart bleeds. I tell you, what amazed me, when I picked up the cab in the Strand the other day, I thought, you know, being bright, he'll go down the Strand, round the bottom of it and over Waterloo Bridge. You know, a a three-, four-minute job. No, 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 no. We turn round in the Strand, we go back to Trafalgar Square, we go down Whitehall. I thought, here we go, we're doing the houses, aren't we? And then we go up over the bridge, over the other side, up to £9.30. I'm watching this meter ticking away like a gooden. I, d- I never want to hear taxi drivers pleading poverty. Thank you very much indeed. Never met a poor one yet. Never met a poor one yet. You know, we've all got to work for our money. The good news is that you can fiddle the tax because that's the great thing, because it's a cash business. Nobody gets out and writes a cheque, do they? I know people take credit cards, but mainly it's cash. So, how much you make last year? Uh, 27, 28,000. Yeah, right. Come on, I know exactly what cab drivers earn. It's why it really annoys me when people... You know, generally the corrupt ones, because they know they've been sussed. Uh, Steve, ID cards. I've just seen on television that they're going to cost £60. I'm 70 and I don't want one, nor would I pay for one. But you have got an ID card. Every single one of you has got an ID card, and you, you use it every day. It's your credit card. That's your ID card. Every time you go into a supermarket or you use it anywhere else... That company knows everything about you. That supermarket views it, be it Tesco or Sainsbury's or M&S. It's a giant computer. They would know exactly what you've spent. They know exactly what you've bought. It's a huge data. They know everything about you. They know your name. The only thing they, they don't know is probably how much credit you've got, but they know exactly how much you spend every week. So your credit card says everything about you. In America, you cannot get anything without a credit card. You can't go and hire a car with cash. They're not interested. The credit card says everything about you says every single thing about you. So I, m- I remember trying to buy something... Uh, uh, cash for it? Mm, certainly not. Oh, no, they wouldn't even dream of letting you have a car for, for cash. Terrible, really. Um, more on uh, Baroness Udin. This one's not going away, is it? This is the house which she claims she's lived in. The neighbours, five different neighbours have said, there's no furniture in there. A few little sticks of furniture have magically turned up in the back of cars, but they've said, she's never lived there. And she's saying, yes, I do live there. And the neighbours are going... We've never seen her here. Who is she? It now turns out, according to one of the papers this morning, that she's living in social housing. It's through a housing trust. A woman who's claimed this much money. How is it possible? I'm sure the truth will out. Here he is, Britain's Got Talent singer Jamie Pugh, exposed today as a fibber, who's already performed in a West End theatre. They do tell him, don't they? And eventually they get found out. Oh, and Dom Delouise died. The other day. Dom has been in, oh, tonnes of films. Cannibal Run, many of uh, Mel Brooks' uh, movies. He worked with Burt Reynolds on many occasions. She died at 75. He's been wed to the actress, Carol Arthur, for 44 years. It's what you call a good marriage. 44 years. Mind I reckon Bryn and Annie can eclipse that one. Quarter past six. LBC with regular travel updates, business and weather reports. Weekday afternoons from four. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Don't forget, we've got a bog off for the television. Every bid you make in our How Low, you get the second one absolutely free. Got to take them before seven this morning. So it's the lowest unique bid we'll win for the 50-inch Samsung Plasma TV. Lowest bid in pence nobody else makes. Bid's in by 5.30 today. The bog off finishes at seven. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence. Send it to 88821. LBC, your bid in pence. Treble eight two one. Every second bid between now and seven is free. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at five thirty today. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Eh, hey, bella bella bella. Steve Hargrave. We see you in uh, Saint Mark's Square, being thrown out by the lovely lady police officer. For yes. See. <laughs> see. Si. Si.
1: My Italian's really bad, actually.
0: It's, yes, it hasn't improved, has it? it I I'm
1: get confused, because there's so many words that are Spanish, then you add one letter and it becomes Italian, or yeah. French, and, you know, bonjourno, and, and you're never quite sure, really. And it's been a long time since I went to Italy, so...
0: It's lovely over there. I, I love it over there. I think it's great.
1: Oh, Rome's gorgeous, gorgeous city.
0: Fabulous place. Isn't it? All that, all that history, all that Roman stuff, and oh, blimey, I love it to pieces. So. Well,
1: I didn't see there. I just, it's got nice bars, nice That's bars. How long yeah. were you
0: there
1: for? <laughs> Only about um, three nights.
0: Right, long enough.
1: Y- yeah, we're really brief, but you know, we did. Uh, you'd have to work. It's, <laughs> You're on a work trip and you have to work. I mean, what's that all about? It's yeah, ridiculous.
0: And it does get... Summer. You don't want to go there in the summer. It gets baking.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, it was, terrible. We we got, we got there on Saturday, it suddenly rained. It had like a massive rain rainstorm. Yeah. We got there, like Brits, went upstairs, put our shorts on, sunglasses, T-shirts, came back downstairs. It was tipping it down outside.
0: So what an image. It
1: got sunny. It got sunny after that, so... All right. Got little brown arms.
0: Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> don't think I'll go there. Let's go for the music anyway. So our gig guide for this week, we start with Beirut. Yes,
1: yes. from Rome to Beirut. Uh, is a band from New York, kind of a folky collective, led by a guy called Zach Condon, who is uh, he plays it. Uh, you watch him live on YouTube and stuff. And it's really, really really funny. I've never seen him live. I'll have to try and catch him at some point. Lots of trumpet and accordion, and uh, it's, yeah, nice little sound. We'll have a listen to one off the new record. This is a Sort of album that came out this year called March of the Zapotec. What's the Zapotec, do you know?
0: Not a clue. Sounds like a, a group of Aztecs who went to the wrong side of the town.
1: That's something for someone to look up.
0: And <laughs> the I,
1: I, I hope it's not rude.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> it's it's very influenced by Mexican music. He's, now, he's playing at the Forum on Friday, so let's have a listen to this one. To this is a song by Beirut
0: called The Shrew. Beef. I was was waiting for it to get going. Um, um, It is a bit of that, isn't it?
1: It's weird, isn't it?
0: It is a bit strange.
1: It's different. I'll give him that. Well,
0: um, it's absolutely different.
1: Zapotec civilization. Zapotec civilization was an indigenous pre-Columbian civilization that flourished in the valley of somewhere in Mexico.
0: Well, there you go. I said it was a bit Aztec. There you go. There you go. Right, wasn't far wrong for a good guess. (laughs) <laughs> Not a bad guess. On to somebody who sounds fairly normal, although <laughs> judging you by your, your previous musical taste, this one could be completely off the wall.
1: See, wait, wait, look, I never say this is my taste. Right, I'm just giving I'm giving an idea what's out there. Yeah, right. I'm throwing it out there. This isn't necessarily my record collection. Okay. Uh, Andrew Burr's from Chicago, and he, I've seen him live before. He's a very good violin player, and uh, he likes to whistle as well. Oh, wrong
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> expecting with the, new, the worst.
1: Back with a new album. <laughs> No, no, no. it's not my fault, this is what's around this week yeah, okay. <laughs> he's got a new album Noble <laughs> Bee," and he, he's playing somewhere this week but I haven't written it down have I an attempt to work out where he's playing this week whilst we listen to this song um, this is a song by Andrew Bird called uh, Fits and the Dizzy Spells
0: strangely enough I thought he was doing alright with the whistling then he started singing and ruined it <laughs> it sounded like a theme tune for a television programme didn't it Children's TV show. I don't know anything. I just thought it was quite good.
1: <whistles> yeah. I quite like that. Well, you know what I'm saying. So if he just sticks to the whistling, the whistling's these, fine. These are the tips you give him.
0: Usually, a guy it. years and years ago called Whistling Jack Smith. Yeah, and he had a hit single called "I Was Kaiser Bill's Batman," and, and it, just it went. Whistle.
1: <whistles>
0: yeah, I mean, spell. So. Yeah, also. The way I do it, you know. It's the way I whistle
1: them. He did it right, he just whistles.
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I quite like the whistling, and then he sang. OK. Kind of, oh. not okay, okay, the last okay. one is a London duo. Morton Shepherd's Bo- Bush, that's where he's playing. Oh,
1: Shepherd's Bush. Shepherd's okay, Bush then. next Monday. Um, yeah, Morton balanced, uh, uh from our glorious city here. And uh, they sold some shares to finance this new album, which seems like a sensible thing to do at the moment. Oh, I afford it. And uh, they finally got around to making the album. It's out the 25th of May, called Bob and Veronica Rise Again. And uh, this is just a song. They got a couple of gigs around this week, actually. I think they're playing, supporting a band called Art Brute, and then they're playing their own gig as well. And bring it down. That's what happens when you sort of do things, when you're half, half awake. Don't write, don't write the actual vital information down about when they're actually playing. But exactly. uh, I'll find out why you listen to the song again. <laughs> this is Morton Valance <laughs> called F- uh, Falling Down the Stairs.
0: I've been falling hey. down the stairway I love. I <laughs> love What does she look like? <laughs> she sounds like she looks like Agnes Dane. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she looks good. She looks good. But you know that's one of those songs that in a minute goes a bit weird and yeah. goes
0: bad. Does it a go country. bad? You go, I've
1: been falling. <laughs> You've you listened to it, haven't you? You've I can sneakiness. tell. I can just You've tell.
0: Sneaky, <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're a fan. I've been a <laughs>
0: sneaky peek.
1: <laughs> anyway, Morton. But it's a really, it's a really nice album. This was sort of boy go harmony stuff going on as well. Yeah. Morton fans are playing at uh, Islington Academy on air uh, this Friday. But then they play every two weeks, I think. Again for the next, well, until the fourth of June, they have got like three gigs over the next few okay. months. So.
0: Support the local band. Support your local band. Florence and the Machines are playing at uh, the Proud Galleries tomorrow.
1: Proud Galleries tomorrow. little gig for Florence and the Machine, who obviously were at the Brits, winning the uh, the Best New Person Brit Award or something. So she's very good. We like her that. And uh, they announced the big Will Sundays gigs, which are the open-air ones in Regent's
0: Park. Oh, yes, yes.
1: Happens every Sunday between the 16th of August, and September the 6th. And this year they got British Sea Power, Alabama, three down there, but British Sea Power. Very,
0: very good. Very good, indeed. Uh, Paolo Natini, Electric Ballroom, on Tuesday, next week. Is that next week or this week? Next week.
1: That's next week. That's next week, yes. And Morrissey will have hall on Monday as well. You'd have to search out for a ticket for that, I believe. Amazing, Um, isn't it, how he's still got the fans. Indeed. Mm. And the specials as well, it's something else that everyone's going mad for at the moment, specials reunion at Brickstone, which is very staked
0: over the next week. God. And, uh, yes. presumably you're off today.
1: I am off today, which is probably a good thing given how little sense I'm making. <laughs>
0: so, I'm <laughs> All you want to do is close your eyes, don't you?
1: <laughs> I get, you know what? I'm getting some furniture delivered today. That's the excitement that awaits me. Wow. So I'm going to have to do that thing of not falling asleep because I might miss them.
0: Because my friend Derek, uh, who you remember from ITN days, Derek Cole, yes, was was inquiring after your wooden floor. Yeah. <laughs> see how I bore people about you it? see? People worry about you. People worry <laughs> about your wooden floor. Nothing we can do about it, apart from wish it the best. <laughs> Derek's
1: over with, with us. It's Guy now.
0: Yes, he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's
1: always nice to see a lovely, friendly face.
0: I know. It's like, nice to see as well that he's actually kept that lovely figure of his and added to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's going to be happy that we're talking about. He will be Hello, very Derek. happy. He'll Hello, Derek.
0: All right, listen, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> I shall speak to you then. All right, kiddo. Have a nice time. Bye. Bye. Steve Hargrove. I bet Dawn was counting the minutes going, he was on for longer than... That. He, he sounded a bit tired, but, you know, if you saw him on telly, look good. Stop. Text 84850... 27 minutes to 7, Wednesday morning. It's May the 6th with the sports news. Our sports editor, Phil Blacker.
2: Yeah, thanks, Steve. Good morning. Arsene Wenger says he feels for the fans after Arsenal crashed out of the Champions League without a fight last night. They lost 3-1 at home to Manchester United in the second leg of the semi-final to go down at 4-1 on aggregate. Arsenal were 2-0 down after just 11 minutes of the game as defensive mistakes allowed Park Ji-Sung and Cristiano Ronaldo to put United in control and on their way to a second successive final. Ronaldo scored again and Robin van Persie's late penalty was no consolation for Wenger. He says it was one of the worst nights of his Arsenal career. It is the most disappointing.
0: I I felt the fans were really up for a big night and uh, to disappoint people uh, uh, who stand behind the team so much
2: tonight uh, hurts really. United now have the chance to become the first team to successfully defend the Champions League trophy when they head to Rome for the final later this month. That's the target for Sir Alex Ferguson on his side. You know, I think that for the club's point of view, that I've said it many times, we, we should have won this cup more times than we have. This is an opportunity for us and hopefully we can do it again. Durham Fletcher won't be able to play in the final. He was uh, harshly sent off, but the club say there is uh, no chance of appealing that decision. Could be a repeat of last year's final if Chelsea can get past Barcelona tonight. They start the second leg of their semi-goalless at Stamford Bridge. Blues manager Gus Hiddink says it may be the best chance some of his side will ever have to reach the final again. These
0: players don't have uh, five, six, seven years more to get the same chances as they uh, have had the last year's. To be honest, of course, this is one of the latest uh, occasions for many players to get
2: where they want to be. A number of new faces feature in England's first test with the West Indies, which starts at Lords later this morning. Neither Tim Bresnan nor Graham Onions have played at this level before, but Captain Andrew Strauss says they have the chance to impress. It's a huge opportunity for them. Um, you know, obviously Andrew Flintoff is out at the moment, um, so you know we're, we're hoping he'll be back in at, this, at some stage. But these guys have got a chance now to show. Uh, how good they are. Eight county championship games get underway this morning as well, including Surrey's clash with Middlesex in Division 2. And there are five race meetings today. They go over the jumps at Kelso, Cheltenham and Huntingdon and on the flat at Bath and Chester.
0: Right. It's a shame that Alex's selection was a non-runner, due to be off colour. As he's grey normally, he says, I wonder what colour he went. <laughs> it does mean I'm only £2.68 behind Mr Blacker. So, uh, ermine grey, non-runner. Total loss now, £26.71, so he doesn't lose anything. Uh, Mr. Black the is, result.
2: Yes, Diamond Lass. Mm. It wasn't, s- wasn't really a diamond, was out it? Out of
0: seven horses running...
2: Seventh? Seventh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> I'd almost rather that. If you're going to get it wrong, then get it spectacularly wrong. Oh, it gets wrong. Yeah.
0: absolutely. As I say, another one of those that uh, was picked and probably thought it was a dormouse or something wandered round, you know, taking pictures of the crowd. Probably, yeah. So you're now £24.04 only, £2.68 there oh, yeah. underneath uh Alex. so today we're off to chester mm-hmm. 215 roses for the lady win only oh no roses for the la-
2: that's that's what i've got is that what you've picked yeah. oh
0: now i mean if he's gone win only i mean do you want to hedge your bets and go each way in case it comes in second or or you're your i think it, i think the, the price
2: is short enough oh, to okay. have to uh, to go on the nose actually for that one yeah.
0: well if, if he's actually gone for it, it must be something good about it mustn't there?
2: Well, hopefully, I <laughs> thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I normally tomorrow, have a back. Though. I didn't pick a backup today. Actually, I no. I could have gone for. Some well, rest, no, no. But...
0: If you're both going for the same thing, who cares? Roses for the lady. It is. So tomorrow it'll either be brick bats or we'll be sitting here bathed in glory, <laughs> which will be fabulous. Phil, thank you. Thank you very much. You. Phil will be back with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning. Doctor Death will be here. And I'm sure that you all have uh, questions as well for the man who's controversially in London. And I think uh, it was a packed house the other night talking about euthanasia. He's the man who started uh, Exit. Jane Moore today, in her column, talks about Kate Winslet. And it's quite funny, actually. In fact, it's very funny. Whenever anybody starts talking about, you know, everybody thinks I'm middle class, you know, but in fact, we're working class. You know, as if it made any difference at all. We're assuming because she sounds like that, she's an actress. She can be anything she likes, but... Jane says, apparently Kate Winslet and her family used to drink out of a rolled-up newspaper. Sometimes the best they could manage was to suck on a damp piece of cloth. And while others more fortunate were living in houses, the Winslets, all 26 of them, were huddled together in one room with all the floor missing. This was before they were evicted to a hole in the ground where supper was a handful of gravel. She says, Monty Python fans amongst you will recognise my paraphrasing of the famous Four Yorkshiremen sketch to illustrate the ludicrous reverse snobbery claim by the Oscar-winning actress that she had a working-class upbringing. They think I'm lying because I speak nice, she says, citing as evidence her family's terraced home, second-hand cars, hand-me-down shoes and her ten pence-a-week pocket money. In other words... An average 1970s childhood. My upbringing, says Jane, was all of the above, with single parenthood and an outside loo thrown in for good measure. But I don't for one second consider myself working class because my mother was a secretary. Winslet's parents may have been impoverished actors, but it's your profession, not your earnings, that defines class, if indeed such a thing still exists. And besides, somebody in her family managed to find the £1,000 a term fees for her to attend theatre school, so times can't have been that hard... But her father, uh, father, Roger, loyally supports her theory and says, the only thing she forgot to say was how happy we were. Oh, yes, but that doesn't quite fit in, says Jane Moore, with the drama queen, oh, woe is me, agenda, does it? I Everybody had exactly the same. You know, we had a, you know, ten pence a week pocket money, if you were lucky, I think. And you had hand-me-down clothes and, shoe- you know, parents didn't spend the money. It was typical of the 1970s. And when Jane talks about an outside toilet, there'll be thousands of you listening at the moment were well aware of what the toilet with the cut up newspaper on the on the nail inside. You know, there was no inside, nobody had proper kitchens or anything like that. It was just quite normal. not go around though sort of making some statement. Everybody was working class, typically working class, because that's what you did. You worked for a living. A secretary was considered a good job. My dad was in the forces, that was considered a good job. Still came from working class stock. Didn't start pretending we were anything different. Uh, Pat of Stansted says, Steve, I'm sure you mentioned the association between continually wearing headphones and loss of hair. I think you'll find there's an advantage in that those who wear headphones as a regular part of their profession will also have neat ears close to the head. Most pilots do. I'll now have a closer look at the LBC photos, which are on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and you can have a very close look. And I never thought about that, actually. I never thought about that, but it is true that most people say that if you wear headphones, take them on and off it does um, it does sort of end up. taking your hair off the top of your head. Uh, Elton and Whopping. no, that wasn't it uh, at all. People guessing on who the LBC presenter was, who was uh, addicted to cough medicine. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Johnny says, us overpaid cab drivers have had a good run. It's tougher now and it's a struggle on three grand a week. Memo to Baroness Udin, you busted love. (laughs) Chris says, I've knocked on a few doors in Hornchurch and they all said, Steve who? The local police had like a word. That's what we like, actually. Uh, 84850. And uh, Paul says, I can see now why you don't play music on your radio programme. Dreadful selection day. I was at the top of the stairs and the stairs melted into a chocolate river. You know, and it's all this doolally stuff, isn't it? I'm sure people sit there thinking, what can we get away with? It's like fashion designers. We mentioned fashion at the beginning of the programme today, and in fact, every single paper has got pictures of what the ludicrously uh, overpaid people are wearing, I'm afraid. And it's just balmy stuff. It really is absolutely balmy, balmy. Do you know there's a man here called Simon Mansfield? He sells a million golf balls. The difference is they're all lost golf balls. They've been found and handed in and he uh, he sells them on again, because they're so expensive, golf balls, aren't they? Perhaps we should start a similar thing. If anybody's lost any 10 or £20 notes, send them in to me, and I'll make sure they go to a good home. Uh, Steve, so Stevie went to that Henry VIII exhibition that Darren mentioned last week at the British Library. Fantastic, well worth the 9 quid entry fee. That's what we like to hear. They've got all sorts of strange things down there. Letters, documents signed by Henry VIII. I mean, it's really... It's Henry's period, isn't it? I suppose at the moment. Noreen says the podcast was fine yesterday. I heard it all, so uh, yeah, it does seem to be fine. We have we have uh, we have checked it, and yes, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you have downloaded it, so we know it's working. Because otherwise, nor the moment it goes wrong, people are on the, on the phone and the email going, Steve, "We can't get Steve's podcast. We can't get Steve's podcast." Uh, other stories today: the um, Metro. Uh, I've got the picture of lions. And this is a lion who has had his tongue pierced by a lioness. Lionesses are far more dangerous than lions, you know. <laughs> they really are really hard. And this one pierced his tongue with her claw. You can you imagine what that's like? I still remember that horrible picture ages ago of some poor bloke. And he stuck his tongue out and his snake that he was holding had stuck its fangs through his tongue so he was left staring at the eyes. Oh! If there's one thing I can't stand, as I've explained a million times before, I c- I'm terrified of snakes. I'm absolutely terrified terrified. Uh, 84850 oh, steve at lbc.co.uk uh, here's Nicky Welfare Nicky Welfare's another lazy so-and-so uh, he's uh, very aptly named because he is a walking advertisement for banning cheap alcohol. This vandal drinks 24 cans of Stella a day two bottles of Strongbow cider and he gets £60.40 a week in job allowance. An incredulous judge was told that welfare could afford it, because he was still living at home and the price of lager had plunged in recent years. I mean it's a waste of space, isn't he? You see, I don't think I don't think we should give somebody that job seekers allowance. He's quite clearly wasting it. Take it away from him. Make his parents pay for him. I'd tell you what, if parents have to pay for their children each time, as opposed to this lazy little so and so drinking twenty four cans of beer a day, they'd soon get him up off his re- rear end and get him out working. The judge said you'll end up in a mortuary slab. Quite clearly, he's too stupid. Another picture of uh, here he is, the teenager, a convicted crook. His name is Kane Beals. This was the one who didn't wear the, the fluorescent jacket because it had on the back, you know, this uh, it would cause him embarrassment, community payback. But of course, now all the papers have printed pictures of him. You know what a convicted crook looks like. You see, I think the answer should be, you won't wear it. You go to prison. Simple as that. Kane, don't be a silly, little girl's blouse. But anyway, he's been given a 12-month suspended sentence for carrying weapons whilst drunk. And uh, he was carrying a knuckle duster and a knife. But uh, at least you know what a convicted crook looks like now. So that's good, isn't it? Had, of course, uh, as we pointed out earlier on, Kane kept his mouth shut, you would have no idea what he looked like. But now we all know what he looks like, so you can avoid him. It's 16 to 7. This ...was closing. Going up. Did you know that flu viruses can live for hours on hard surfaces, such as lift buttons?
1: This makes flu very easy to spread... The best way to help protect yourself
0: against flu viruses is to wash your hands regularly. To hear the latest information on swine flu, call 0800 1 513 513.
1: Doors opening.
2: Calls to this number are free from UK landlines and most mobiles the Travel Cube Room. Thank you very much
0: Steve. Uh, start with the district line. Still no service between Hornchurch and Upminster eastbound only. It's because of a signal failure at Upminster. There's a good service on the rest of the district line. No problems on the trains overground. They're all running to time now. If you're heading onto the roads in Edmonton, four streets close both ways between the North Circular and Park Avenue because of a police incident and in Raines Park the level crossing barriers are stuck down on West Barnes Lane. If you're heading through Battersea it's lane restrictions now on the Queenstown Road. There were some temporary traffic lights there yesterday. There's now just a case of lane restrictions on the run between Battersea Park Road and Chelsea Bridge. And in St Mary Cray, the high streets closed both ways between Elizabeth Way and Rookery Gardens, and that's because of a burst water main. The next update's in 15 minutes. LBC 97.3 travel with Confuse.com for car insurance. The choice is clear. OK, class. Today's subject, making your pay-per-click campaign
1: work more effectively for your business. Um, use topposition.co.uk, sir. Good. And why is that? Because Top Position could optimise your pay-per-click account to maximise cost conversion. And if you sign up now, there's 50% off your first month, sir. That's right,
0: Jenkins. Topposition.co.uk can help promote your business on the internet. Get
1: more clicks for less right now at topposition.co.uk.
0: Join in London's biggest conversation with Jenny Barnett this afternoon from 1, LBC 97.3.
1: Tired of label gems in your printer? Connect a Dymo Label Writer to your PC or Mac for inkless, fast free labels in seconds. Label your envelopes, packages and files and get your office organized with the Dymo Label Writer. Now available with up to £40 cash back. Test your organisational skills at dimotime.com and get some great tips on improving efficiency in your office. It's DIMO time to get organised. Find out how at dimotime.com.
0: LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 11 minutes to 7 is the time. 8 for 850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, I see uh, all the uh, papers are full... Well, actually, just a couple of papers are full of the fact that Jackie Brambles is going to quit Loose Women, and so now the, uh, the race is on to find somebody to uh, replace her. I should imagine executive producer Carl Newton can't have uh, that much difficulty. They've got a whole raft of people. Although, luckily, they have stopped using certain people on the... Uh, On the panel. They've obviously done surveys and discover who people like and who people don't like. So occasionally they move somebody in and then they they sort of get rid of them. Although somebody pointed out the other day, why is there not sort of a loose men? They tried it. It was absolutely dire. Absolutely dire. Mainly because they used uh, Jade Goody's ex, not, not Jack Tweed, the other one. And he couldn't string two words together. Which was uh, a bit of a, a bit of a as sh- yes, I should do it actually I should do it loose me- I'm not sure about loose men it just sounds a bit naff doesn't it perhaps it would just be called loose talk but then I thought it sounded a bit Ned Sherin, so you can't call it loose talk and also the very I mean the very idea that people just listen to somebody rambling on I mean I always find quite laughable I'm afraid but it does work Danny Minogue. Always really bores me, I'm afraid. But she may quit the X Factor after getting fed up with the bitching. Oh, do it. Don't talk about it. If you're going to do something, do it. Don't waste everybody's time. again. I think I might, You know, I'm not sure if I... Well, perhaps I might. I don't know. Should I? Well, I don't know, you know. But I'll, I'll try and get some more mileage out of it. Kate Winslet's mum, says Mark, used to work at a cake shop in Reading's Broad Street. Also, I remember one of her old banger second-hand cars. She used to drive down my road, often to a close friend of hers. God, blimey, see, they must have been rich. Loads of people in the, in the 70s never had cars. I was in the same geography class as Kate Winslet's sister Beth in Reading. <laughs> the geography class. My little claim to fame. It is just a very little claim to fame, I'm afraid. <laughs> but uh, but interesting. Uh, more on the police officers. I think it's such a good story. This, I don't know what the talking point is, but the idea of phoning up to get a PCSO to come round and escort you on foot to your home if you've been to a cash point. I can't, I can't quite work out how that, would, how that would actually work. I didn't think we had a Enough PCSOs out on the street. That's my friend Chris, who works around Twickenham, can sort of help us with that one. And they have appointed them two toilet czars to improve the railways after a government minister was appalled at the state of facilities at Southern Britain stations. Lord Adonis, yes, he exists acted after finding lavatories either filthy or closed during a week-long rail trip around Britain. He said some of the stations, including Southampton, he couldn't get a cup of tea in the early evening because the cafeterias were closed. Veteran railman Chris Green and Town and Country Planning Association President Sir Peter Hall were appointed as station champions. It is messy, isn't it? This was after the other day a survey came out saying that London was filthy. This is nothing new. I remember doing a survey 20, 30 years ago on LBC. We went out onto the streets of London and we deliberately targeted tourists and said, what was the thing about London that you take away? And they all said, it's filthy. And it is. You go to other places and they're much, much cleaner. I mean, as you know, we have a a couple of people... I'm afraid who sort of try and clean the streets in Twickenham. One particularly useless one. He just seems to give. It a, he just seems to go on a break half the time. I don't know why the council have never done anything about it. Things as as I'm paying for it. I'm particularly annoyed, as you can well imagine. And um, Steve, we do have loose men. It's called Top Gear. Oh, I know. It is funny, isn't it? It is funny. You sit there the and they sort of talk about blokey things like cars. You know, and yet their audience is, is pitifully small. It's obviously not all blokes want to like talking about cars. Um, another story here, and uh, and this is uh, the, the drinking of women and how much women drink now. Do you know the average wine drinker gets 2,000 calories from alcohol a month? That's equivalent to 38 extra roast beef dinners a year. I quite like a roast beef dinner. I don't actually see there's a problem there at all. Two large glasses of wine can put a woman over the daily alcohol limit and give her a fifth of her daily calorie allowance. That's just two glasses of wine. Good grief. Might as well just close down Fleet Street. One glass of wine has as many calories as four fish fingers. Yum, yum, yum. How lovely. Except, to be honest with you, given the choice, glass of wine, four fish fingers, fish fingers win hands down every time. Uh, Alcohol causes 33,000 deaths a year. There's another one gone. There's another one gone. It's that fast. It it kills people. Mainly people in showbiz, we tend to see. One in five, one in 25 adults is dependent on alcohol, and we have one of Europe's highest binge drinking rates. Is that because of our ludicrous licensing laws? Do you think that's what it is? Is it because we have the ludicrous licensing laws that people try and neck down as much as they possibly can? Don't forget, you've got a few more minutes for the bog off for the Samsung 50 inch plasma television. This is uh, for every bid you make you get a second one free, but you've got to use it by seven. So a bit of extra help. So for every bid you make during this programme this morning, and there's now only six and a half minutes left, you get a second one free. So if you manage to cram in, just supposing, hypothetically, ten bids, if you, you can get another ten bids for free as well, as so it gives you 20. You've got to do them before seven, though. So quickly, the lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Get your bids in. The Bog Offs only finishes us at 7, and then at 5.30 this evening, somebody will be announced the winner of this fabulous 50 inch plasma television. You text LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to 88821. Uh, every second bid. Between now and seven is free. The bid will one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 5.30 today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. I only paused there momentarily, because I was looking at that dreadful minister, David Lammy. Do Brie appeared on uh, one of those programmes on the television, and he was dim as a brush. I've never seen anybody who didn't know the answer to simple, basic history questions. The man was dumb. He didn't even know. At one point, he did African history. He didn't know any of that either. He knew nothing. Absolutely nothing. They're still doing apprentice stories in the papers. I thought the programme had finished. I had no idea. It was still droning on, I'm afraid. But it is. um, More on uh, Mr Brown, Gordon Brown, refusing to back down over selling parts of the Royal Mail despite warnings it could backfire. I've heard a rumour that they're going to close the post office in Twickenham. The actual sorting office there is going to become a block of flats, I hear. We've got a barmy council around our way, I tell you. Absolutely crackers. Some of the lights on the Christmas trees are still on in Heath Road. In the morning, I come out there and stand there looking at Christmas lights. It's most peculiar. Perhaps it's... Well, I do quite like it, but it's, it's a bit odd when there's just one tree that's isolated. Looks a bit sort of strange by itself. Uh, another knifing in London, yesterday, I'm almost getting to the stage now, where I'm going, why don't we just let them sort of get on with it, eventually they'll kill themselves, and we won't have to worry about it anymore, because it's a daily basis now, sometimes two a day, and these are people for whom, you know, life is a bit cheap, they're not really bothered about it, you know, you looked at my girlfriend, you did this, you you pinched my phone, there's a story in the paper today of some people, not in this country, and because, I think it was in Turkey, Uh, One of these gangs wanted to marry this particular woman who was marrying somebody else. They went in there with machine guns and massacred 44 people at the wedding. Just like, you know, for for no reason whatsoever. and Stan said, I've looked at your picture. And yes, you do have neat, flat ears. Neat, as opposed to to sticky-out ears. I used to have a producer with sticky-out ears. He had an operation to have them pinned back. You can have this uh, operation... It's very nice, but I don't know what ever happened to him, actually. He went to work for, I think, Thames Television years ago. I guy called David Burge. Er, uh, Steve. We lived in a council flat. No car. No holidays. If Kate Winslet was working class, what were we? And Tony says, I think I saw Kate Winslet and family in Hornchurch on Sunday. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I not Why would they have been there? Uh, last night, Richard Desmond was awarded one of the world's highest accolades for his extraordinary generosity. Can afford to, can't he? I mean, he's had all the porno titles. And now he's got The Express and The Star. He must have made an absolute fortune. He's got an eye centre. He does give a lot of money, actually. I like his wife. I like his wife a lot. And here's this police constable. If you download the programme later, uh, and if you are listening to this as a download... Hello, welcome to Thursday... Uh, you'll know that here is the policeman who couldn't sit on his bike because he hasn't got a cycling proficiency badge. Poor soul. I didn't even know that they still did things like that, but apparently they do. So holiday cheer is the pound of sword. So British holidaymakers getting a bit of a, bit of a boost here. Place to go to at the moment seems to be Egypt for value. Drinks very, very expensive. Uh, Sir Alex Crash Horror is the front on the Daily Mirror. Ferguson's grandkids in Crash Horror is the front of The Sun. Uh, they also reckon that Jackie Smith is facing the axe. Uh, A pigging waste of £7 the flu leaflet's telling you the right way to sneeze. And Madonna, they say, blowing her chances of adopting baby Mercy when she wore this dominatrix boot outfit at these uh, fashion awards. Victoria Beckham was there as well, as we said before, looking like a a table napkin, poor soul. Uh, I'm sure there's other stories there which will tempt you as you keep listening to LBC 97.3 later on today. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can podcast. You can check out the gorgeous photographs, which all the presenters have had done, and you will have to agree with me that the most stunningly attractive is Jenny Barnett. I don't know how it worked out. She must have had a different photographer for the rest of us, (laughs) definitely. I'm back with you uh, tomorrow morning. I trust you have a nice day. It looks like it's going to be quite nice, actually, today. certainly should be. There's a great lineup of guests with Nick Ferrari after the news, which is next on LBC. Business is pretty tough at the moment, so it's essential for accountancy firms to increase productivity and offer more value to clients. Time to consider a paperless office solution. Mark Franks is a partner at Silver Levine Chartered Certified Accountants. With InView,
2: we can now offer exceptional client service as we find information quicker and respond to clients faster. Book a free